Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 140. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. And a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you? Okay, I'm just going to jump straight in and start telling you stuff. So the first thing I need to tell you is that I am closing the doors to the academy. Now, I made this decision a little while back that basically I have a car open scenario, which basically means you can join the academy whenever you want. So it's constantly open. People can come and join at any point, and that's what a car open scenario basically is. But I've decided to close the cart as of Sunday, the 25th of October, and no one will be able to join after that date. And the reason I've decided to close the cart is mainly because, one, I don't want to feel like I'm selling all the time. And two, because I have a very exciting online event that is going to be happening on November the 19th. I had to check the date. (laughs) On November the 19th in the group, only available for Academy members. So there's a couple of things here. First, if you have been sat on the fence I want you to jump straight off it and straight over to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash academy. And I want you to join us there on that page. Now, what will happen when you join the academy is you will get an email from me going, yay, this is brilliant. And then you will immediately get access to a few different things. The first thing you'll get access to is the actual academy. And this is hosted on its own site. You get to go in. There's all the courses in there. So everything I've ever done from a course point of view and it's loads. So it starts the basics like how do you know who your perfect customer is? And it then goes on to things like um, getting seen. So Instagram, Instagram stories, Facebook We're going to be having a LinkedIn course coming in early on in November. We've got a course on YouTube. We've got a course on how to do blogs. We've got a course on Facebook advertising, what lead magnets are. We've got a whole course on a sales page and how to create a sales page. So there's so much good stuff in there. So that alone is worth way more than the monthly amount. So that's what you get access to first. You also then get access to my amazing community through our Facebook group, a private Facebook group just for us. And you know what? They are amazing. 
I love, love, love the members so much. They are so supportive. They are so encouraging. We've just finished an amazing Instagram challenge. We do challenges in there as well. And on this Instagram challenge, every one of them saw a big shift in engagement and followers. Because we did this challenge together, I gave them specific things to do. So we do challenges in there. We also do quarterly accountability kind of actions. So they set some goals for the quarter. They give me some actions and I keep them accountable. But the one reason you really want to get in now before the doors shut is that event. So like I said, on November the 19th, we are going to be basically holding an exclusive online event for members only where myself and other special guests come in and do a whole host of workshops and trainings and coaching calls all around mindset and marketing your business. Because one thing I've discovered this whole journey along, as you well know, is it's way more than just knowing how to do your thing and also even just being able to market your thing. If you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like it or you don't have the confidence to go and put that thing out there or show your face, then it doesn't matter what tools or tactics or strategies you've got. It's not going to happen. So you might be sat there thinking, uh, I need to learn a lot more to build up your confidence or you're not entirely sure how to approach the people you want to work with, or you don't actually know who it is you want to work with. You might also be sat there thinking, I don't know how to price myself, or I want to increase my prices. Or you might just be sat there going, do you know what? I am the problem in my business. I'm the block. I'm the thing that's holding me back. No confidence, struggling with the fear of not putting yourself out there. And then you might be sat there thinking, I just don't have the time. And believe me, I know this one so very well. As a mum, a stepmom, my husband works away a lot. Like, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I can magic you an extra 10 hours in your week, which would be lovely if someone could, though. But what I can tell you is I'm going to give you trainings and strategies and ways in which you can do things faster and more efficiently in your business. So if all of that sounds great, if you are sat there and you're one of those people that I've just described, then I am telling you without an ounce of doubt that the Academy and this event that I've got, this full day event with very special guests is going to be perfect for you. Now, the cost of the Academy is $49. So effectively for $49, you get all of that and this amazing event, which honestly, I don't think I could have priced it any more cost effectively. When the Academy closes, when it reopens, it will be a lot more money. So I want you to get in now while it's that cheaper rate. I had people who have joined from the very beginning and have never, ever left. And their rate stays the same as long as they don't leave. So like I said, enough time on the fence, time to get off. Let's finish this year in a way better position than we've been probably in most of the year. Let me give you that confidence. Let me give you that, those strategies and tools and tactics you need in order to really finish this year great and start next year flipping unbelievable. So go to, in fact, I'm wanting to pause this right now and I want you to go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash academy. Okay, go do that now. Right, did you do it? Hopefully you did it. Okay, if not, go. I'll wait. No, all right, we'll get on with today's episode. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully I'll see you over there because honestly, it is awesome. So today I am interviewing the very lovely Nikki Rausch. She is the CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling. She has a unique ability to transform a misunderstood process of selling. Now, I don't think there's many of us out there who are like, woo, we love selling. So I just thought as much help as we could get is probably the best thing. So that's why I wanted to bring Nikki on to talk about different ways in which you can sell in your business and how you go through that process and how you go through that process online. So she has 25 years experience selling to such prestigious organizations like 
the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, NASA, and Nikki shattered sales records in many industries, receiving top producer awards along the way. But Nikki now spends her days speaking to entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of backgrounds, where she shows them how to sell successfully and authentically without being pushy or salesy, which is really the main thing says she, who's just done a whole kind of push on why you should join the Academy. This is brilliant. So probably what's going to happen now is you'll listen to this episode and go, Teresa, you did that entirely wrong. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I planned this. Okay. I will hand you over to Nikki. Enjoy. Okay. I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, the very lovely Nikki Rausch. Nikki, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me here. My absolute pleasure. Now, I'm I'm a very honest person, so I am going to say we literally have just chatted for half an hour, and then we were like, no, we really do need to get on with this podcast. <laughs> so we've been totally putting the world to rights. But uh, so we've already had like a lovely chat together, which is great. Uh, but we had to get on with the podcast finally. So Nikki, let's get started as I always do. Let my audience know who you are and how you got to do what you're doing today. Okay, so. I am the CEO of Sales Maven. I am a speaker, author, coach, podcaster, and I focus on the conversation side of sales. And how I got to where I am today is I am a professional sales rep by trade. I did that for many, many years. And in addition to my career as a sales rep, and I had a lot of success there, is I'm a master certified practitioner of neurolinguistic programming. And I have a pretty extensive background. And if that's a new term to anybody listening, neuro-linguistic programming is really the study of communication. So it's how you process information, the language that you use, the habits and the patterns that you show up with. And so I started my business back in 2013 because I I had left my corporate career and I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to be when I grew up even though I was turning 40, <laughs> I felt like I I, there should be something else, right? Like what, what is more fulfilling for me? And that was the first time I started spending time on, with entrepreneurs because I came from this very corporate sales background. And as I was spending time with entrepreneurs, I just love being around entrepreneurs because they're super passionate about what they do. They, they, they show up in the world like with a servant's heart. They want to make a, an impact. And I just wanted to spend as much time as possible around entrepreneurs. And as I got to know them, I found that a lot of them were really struggling to make money in their business. And the piece that oftentimes was missing was the sales conversation. They would get a lead, but then they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how to walk somebody through that sales conversation. And I had been doing it for so long that it felt really easy. And I just started kind of helping some people on the side. And my business was really born out of somebody going like, why aren't you teaching this stuff to a broader audience? And I thought at the time, who would ever pay me to talk about sales? And so here I am just about to celebrate eight years in business and people pay me to talk about sales. It's the best gig in the world. And I love spending time with entrepreneurs and teaching them how to be more strategic in their conversation. That's so good. One of the things that always amazes me about entrepreneurs in general is that they think they should be brilliant at everything, right? So I had this conversation with one of my students the other day and she's uh, she teaches people how to... Uh, eat better. I think I've said that in a really rubbish, lame way. So she's listening. She'll be like, thanks. That's brilliant. You obviously pay attention, but no, she's a nutritionist, but, but okay. it's not just about nutrition. It's about loving food and, but eating good food that nourishes you and does things and that sort of stuff. And she has a membership, and whatever. And we were chatting about the fact of some of her design stuff. And she's like, I'm not a designer. And I'm like, well, no, there's a shock. That's not what you do for a living, is it? Right. You, you are a nutritionist. You do this. You're really good at that. So why do you think you suddenly should have all these design skills? You shouldn't. The same way as why do we, why do we not think we don't need to upskill in those other areas? You know, just because we love what we do and we're amazing at it and we've got, you know, the products and services fantastic, it doesn't mean that we're any good at selling it. And and neither should we be, as in if we've never done that before, if we've never had a role where we've had to go and sell us or our services or, well, even if you have sold, selling you is a very different thing, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yes. 
I have had so many people that I've worked with over the years that have a background in sales, selling for somebody else. But then when it comes to launching their own business and now having to sell themselves, like you said, yeah, it's like they for, it's like all their sales technique flies out the window and they're like, I don't know how to talk about it anymore. So I actually love working with those people too, because a lot of it is, is me like digging in and helping them see, look at all this skill set that you really do have. And now let's be strategic in how to use it so that you feel comfortable talking about your business. Because even when you're selling yourself, right, your service, your expertise, you still, I think, have to treat your business like it's its own entity and you have to care for it and you have to nurture it. Um, So even when you're selling your own services, there still is this piece of like having some distance, like taking a step outside and not just feeling like, well, I don't want to sell me because that feels gross and that feels, it's like, no, you're, you're making a difference in the world. You're making a difference in the lives of the people that you come into contact with. Let's make it super easy for them to make a decision to hire you. Because one of the things I say about sales is it's not your job to convince somebody that they need you or that, that what you have is the end all be all. Your job is just to make it easy for the people who need what you have to get it from you. And that to me is what the selling process and being strategic in your conversation, that's what that does for you. Yeah, yeah. And you said some words there that I think so many of uh, the listeners all will feel is that it feels really garish and horrible going, have you seen how amazing I am? Like, have you seen what I do? It's phenomenal. Come over here. Like that does not feel like something that people very naturally can do. And even when I'm in the position where I am so passionate about what I do, and I'm so passionate about my students that I help and how amazing they are. And I am very confident that anybody coming into the academy, anybody coming on the night day program, I can help hugely, very confident about it. Yet there is still something that is, you know, having a conversation and saying it when it feels like there's just the two of us, although there's a lot of people listening, is one thing. Yeah. Going out there and and actually converting the sale and saying it is an entirely different thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, I teach relationship first, rapport always. Mm. And that, when you are in this process of sales, like sales to me, isn't something that you do to somebody. It's Mm. something you do with somebody. So you don't really have to go out and be like, look at me, I'm a really big deal. Cause frankly, that's not my personality at all. Like I veer towards the introverted side and I actually can be quite shy. And I'm not typically somebody who's like, let me toot my horn and say how awesome I am. And all you guys look at me. That's really not, I'm not comfortable with that at all. What I am comfortable with though, is finding people who need what I offer and just making it easy for them to take the next step for me if they want to. And I always say, issue invitations. Like a lot of times people are going like, ask for the sale, ask for the sale which sometimes I think puts a lot of pressure on an entrepreneur, especially if they're not comfortable with the selling process. So I teach this this process of like issuing invitations every step of the way, Mm -hmm. because most of us like to be invited to things, even if we don't want to go, like it's still nice to get an invitation. So I teach all your, all your job is, is to issue an invitation. It's kind of like holding your hand up with an invitation in it and saying to somebody, would you like to take this invitation or not? And they can say no. And then the worst thing that happens is you just put your hand down. Like it's not a big deal. But if you're not even willing to issue the invitations, oftentimes people won't even ever decide to hire you. Not Mm. because they don't need you, not because they don't want to, but because they don't ever make a conscious decision. Oh my gosh, I definitely want to work with Teresa. I Mm. definitely want to work with Nikki. Because I didn't issue the invitation, they yeah. never make the decision to take the next step with me. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really interesting point in the sense of like, how many times have we gone, oh, no one's buying my stuff. And it's like, how many times have you asked them? Like, yes. Because we just don't ask. We just, mm-hmm. and we also assume and think that everybody knows what we do. Well, of course they know I do this. Of course they know I have this program or that product or this service. No, no, they don't. They really, really don't. And sometimes you have to be as blatant and as obvious 
in that invitation than mm-hmm. than not really. So I want to pick up on one thing before we move too far away from your intro. So you said okay. that you're a master practitioner for NLP. Is that what you said? Yeah. If I remember right. Okay. Yeah. So I find all this kind of stuff really fascinating. But also there's a little bit of it that like, so, okay, I'm going to try and explain where I'm coming from. This is going to be tricky, but basically, right. So the, there's the one part of sales that is like, uh, you've got to go and, and help and support and offer and, and say, buy my, you know, ask me to buy your stuff. And then there's the other part of sales. Like, this is just me saying this, that is like, um, that is the language around it, right? And there is certain yeah. language that we use. So for instance, on my sales page, and again, as I've said, I'm a very honest person. So, you know, anybody can go and look at the sign-up page for the Academy right now as they're listening to this. And the chances are you're going to see this language on there. It will say, look at what's waiting for you when you join the Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Which someone once said to me, I'm not an NLP anything, but someone once said to me like, oh, the language on that is really good because it's like, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, oh, of course you're going to join. And of course you're going to join me. So let me tell you what's waiting for you. Like it's really presumptuous language. But how much of that is like, oh, I don't know how to word it. Like the the kind of like sneaky sales. Do you know what I mean? Like how much is that so- is is veering on the like, cause I've seen people do it. I've seen people sell yeah. that are like, they take the FOMO and they take the, the, you know, the kind of those tactics that feel like, Oh God, you're really selling to me now to another level. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I think there's there, you know, just like with anything, things can be used for good and things can be used for bad. It's the yin and the yang, right? There's the, yeah. um, and so with NLP, language is a big part of it. And as a matter of fact, I'm just about to teach a masterclass. It probably will have been taught by the time this airs, but where I'm going to teach some of this NLP language of things like embedded commands, the language that you just gave is what's known as future pacing. So when you talk about like, look what's possible for you when you join the academy, that is really saying to somebody's brain, like, imagine right now what is going to happen in your life and their brain, our brains are so smart. We love cues like this. We love commands because Mm -hmm. our brains are like Google, right? It's like if you type into Google, like what's possible for me, Google has a million answers, right? Like they have a million suggestions. Even if you just type in what's possible, they're going to come up with all kinds of answers for you. So when you ask a question like that of somebody you are allowing for them to start to paint a picture. Now, you know, can you force people to do something they don't want to do? It's very unlikely, right? Can you use language to make it easy for people who are ready to imagine what it's going to be like when they join your academy and see what's possible for their life and their business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're ready and they're so, it's like they're hungry for it. Mm -hmm. But the people who are like, I don't really want to be in the academy. Great. Like in, in sales, I think one of the things we all, we do want to do is we want to attract the people who are ready for us. And I think we want to repel the people who are not a good fit for our business. Cause again, it's not your job to try to convince somebody like, oh my gosh, if you don't join the academy, your life is going to fall apart. Like we hear that as a sales approach too. Yeah. You know, or people start to shame or make people feel like less than because they didn't make a decision to hire you. I hate that stuff in mm-hmm. sales. I think it's baloney. Um, I do teach, even when I'm teaching these types of concepts with my own clients, I always say consumer protection for your own mind. One of the great reasons to understand language and the way that language can be used to influence and also the way language can be used to, um, be manipulative mm-hmm. is for you to be able to decide for yourself. I feel like this language is not the right fit for me. So I'm going to go, I'm going to be repelled by it. So I'm repelled oftentimes by a lot of the ads that yeah. are out in the marketplace because they feel shaming. I, I just can't stand that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not a good, I'm not a good client for them, but people who are attracted to that will yeah. be a good fit. So again, it's not that you can force somebody to do something as long as, you know, you're selling to adults, which I find that it's only adults that pay for things, right? Like yeah, yeah. most kids aren't like going out. This is That's also why not. like years ago, they said like, take those little 
you know, I don't know if you have these, you gave like the, the candy cigarettes, like you're not allowed to sell candy cigarettes to kids anymore or something like oh, no, that. No, I didn't. I, I remember we used to, but I don't know if that's the case over here. Yeah. I think you can only find them, find them in like specialty, you know, candy stores yeah, or yeah. whatever over here in the U S but, um, because we're selling to adults and adults yeah. are going to make decisions. Your job is to just make it easy for them to make the decision. And this is why it's super important in the sales process that you walk somebody through that conversation, whether it's online or whether it's you know in a live conversation between you and them, that you get them to the place where you can ask them in a kind way, mm-hmm. would you like to buy? Yes or no. And if you never get there, if you can never get them to that place, they will never be able to get the benefit of what you offer. Mm. Yeah. And you were saying something then and it just uh, made me think of something else. Which, oh yeah, that was what I was going to say. I, I literally was like, don't forget it, don't forget it, don't forget it. And then I forgot it. Um, what I was going to say is also, for me, it's about... I don't mind using some of that language if I know I can back it up. Like, yes, if I, you know, I don't mind saying I can change your business. I can change your life. I can increase your income. Now, to what degree and what level? Well, that really is like, you know, sticky finger in the air type thing. But I know I can. And therefore, I don't mind using some of that language. So it's backing it up that's the thing. Because, And when you were saying like, some, you know, you're not their customer if you're looking at that ad and going, ooh, not for me. And I've been on that end as well, where I'm like, I know exactly what you're doing and that's not for me. But then that almost makes me feel bad for like some of the people that, so, you know, we've all seen it. There are like, I, I've been through many different funnels and my audience will know I love a funnel. All right. I need to get out more and get a hobby. There is no doubt about this, but I will go through people's lead magnets. I will watch their masterclasses. I will go th- watch their emails just to see, oh, that's interesting. You're doing that. You're doing that. And I recently did something and I won't say whose name it was, but I recently did something where I did an online event And I knew because I'm not stupid that at the end of this online event, they were going to sell a big, and it cost, it was a few hundred to get on the event and then they were going to upsell it. And there was Mm -hmm. no doubt in my mind that this wasn't a, an entire step-by-step-by-step just to get to the big selling items. But then what worries me is that people who aren't like us will then go to the point where they're like, oh yeah, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. And, and I've been also in situations where I've been with entrepreneurs and they're like, maybe I just need to buy another course or maybe I just need to sign mm-hmm. up with so-and-so. And, maybe, and it's like, no, stop buying stuff. Maybe you just need to do the work, <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, or yeah. have some accountability, which is one of the reasons I loved in the 90 day program, because that's the accountability. But I'm almost a, I almost do myself out of business because it's like, stop buying stuff. Stop, stop paying for people to, if you think that's going to be the magic fix, because it isn't, because you're still going to have to do the work at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I think I get it. And I think it's a Buddha quote that, or like it says, the root of all suffering is attachment. Like mm-hmm. if you have so much attachment to people making not only making good decisions, but then implementing, you will struggle Mm -hmm. and feel disappointed at the end of the day. Your, I think your job is to show up with a lot of integrity, deliver on what you say you're going to deliver, give people the, the best of you in your product, in your service, give them the best. And then you have to release attachment to it because it ultimately does come down to it's up to them. It's just like, yeah. you know, if I could get somebody to exercise for me, you better yeah. believe I'd be paying somebody Thanks, like man. no problem. Sure. You know, I'd pay sure. big money, yeah. right. For somebody who could just go out and like, go for like really long walks on my yeah. behalf and that they counted towards my stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and somehow we got the benefit of it. I'm there. So when you find that person, can you let me know? <laughs> I know. me too. But the thing is like, Everybody, we have to do the work. And so I think it's important too that when you are talking about your program, that you are talking about what is possible for people. And when somebody's in the program, I also think it's important that you're talking about, and you'll hear me say this in my work all the time implementers get results. Mm. I only want to work with implementers. I try to attract implementers. I put it out onto my podcast. 
you know, I, I bring people onto my podcast and share success stories of my clients. And I'll say this, the same comment over and over implementers get results. And Mm -hmm. it's me planting a seed that, Hey, if you're going to work with Nikki, you better plan to implement because when you implement, see what's possible. Hey, I don't bring people on my podcast and do, you know, success stories. And I don't share about my client successes that were like, so I signed up for Nikki's course and then I didn't do anything and I never showed up. Like, I'm not going to highlight those people. Yeah. Like nothing changed. It was so weird. Like what the hell? Yeah, right. Crazy. Like her stuff is terrible, right? It's yeah, like, well, it didn't you didn't actually work. go through the stuff. You didn't yeah. do anything. Um, and I always say bless and release those people because I cannot be attached to them. You know, you can sign up for a masterclass, but if you don't show up and if you don't implement as I'm walking you through the steps, then you aren't going to see results. So mm-hmm. I would say you can't build your business for those people. Yeah. Right, like you have to build your your business for the people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to come to the academy. I'm going to implement the things that you teach me. I'm going to go out and, you know, become a rock star client on yeah. your behalf because I'm an implementer. Like I, I used to say there was an old story from a storytelling workshop that I used to take part in, where it was like you give you give three different people a grain of rice. And what do they do with it? Like one person, you know, puts it in a box and puts it on a shelf. And it's like, look at that beautiful grain of rice. Like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. It's so beautiful. I've saved it. I've preserved it. It's amazing. Somebody else takes the grain of rice, looks at it, throws it over their shoulder and goes, I don't know what to do with this. The third person takes it and plants a rice field. Like I want rice field planters in my work, (laughs) right? Because I give them a grain of rice. They go out and plant rice fields. And I have many examples of clients that have done it, Yeah, right? And I'm sure you do too. So we want to attract the the people who are going to plant these seeds that are going to have things happen as a result. And then the other people who, you know, put, put the rice on the shelf or throw it over their shoulder, we just can't build a business for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's got to come down to them, hasn't it? It's got to be, mm-hmm. it's up to them. We, we're there, we're doing the things. It's just, if they don't want to do that, then they don't want to do that. Yeah. So you have got, uh, cause I'd love to get into some, like some real tactics now, because obviously okay. uh, one of the things we were chatting about before we got on uh, recording was the fact that I obviously preach in a nice way, you know, consistency, showing up, creating content, adding value and all those sorts of things. But actually sometimes the hardest thing is like stepping into that sale point or knowing when to offer the sale point or knowing how to offer it. Or like you said, almost just raise that hand and go, Hey, here's this thing. If you're interested, you know? Um, so you have a selling staircase and you talk about a process Now I, I love a process, like seriously okay. love a process give me an Excel spreadsheet any day. So can you talk us through what this is and how we could use it in our businesses? Yes. So I teach the five steps to the selling staircase. And the idea is it's your job to move a client from step to step to step. And on each step, so I've kind of already hinted around this, is that it requires an invitation on your behalf. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the steps and I can dig in as deep as you want me to go on any of them. First step is introduction. The idea of the introduction step is to make a powerful first impression. That happens on social media. That happens when people are meeting you for the first time, if they're hearing you on a podcast. But you you have to do all that you can to make a powerful first impression. One way to do that is when you're talking about who you are and what you do is noticing what you do with your voice. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. If I talk about everything I do like this the whole time, at some point people are going to go, I don't know how legit she is because she sounds a little bit like she's not. But when I'm talking about what I know and what I do, I let my voice curl down at the end. But my natural, by the way, is very kind of up and upbeat. And that's my natural like voice, but that doesn't make for a powerful first impression. People want to buy from experts. So when you're out doing your videos, make sure when you're talking about who you are, what you know, what you do, you're curling your voice down at the end of your sentences. Okay. So that's, I've never heard that before. Like I did see a guy, I went to a Kajabi conference and his name was jumped out of my head, but he, he trains like he's a voice actor or trains voice actors and things. And he was phenomenal. And I think he talked about this, but like 
how like without being really conscious of it like how would you do it or how do you think about doing it so for some of us it depends on your what your natural is mm-hmm. so my go to is tends to curl up at the end and when you curl up at the end of your sentences you sound like you're asking a question yes or you're not sure of yourself so it does take practice it yeah. really does take practice if that's your norm but now yeah. if your norm is like to always curl down at the end of your sentences you've got to learn how to like go to the other side of the spectrum yeah. because when you want people to engage when you want to ask them a question you need to curl up so it does take practice i will say and sometimes with anything it's like pick one thing you're going to practice yeah. with it yeah. could just be recording your voicemail mhm so when you say, you know, thank you for calling, you've reached the voicemail for Nikki Roush, please leave me a message and I will get back with you as soon as possible, right? Or when you're going to leave somebody a voicemail, don't be like, hi, Nikki, da, 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 da. Like, that's not going to sound very credible. I'm not going to call that person back who's trying to earn my business. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. make sure it's like, hi, Nikki, this is so-and-so. The purpose for the call is this. Please return my call at... And just practice like that one piece because yeah. then you can start to bring it into other areas of your conversation. That's really interesting. And I think because we have so much stuff on, like I very rarely listen back to my podcast, but like there's so much stuff we have recorded of ourselves, certainly I do, that actually listening to my own voice and going, oh, what do I do there? Would be really, really interesting. Now I hope, because I do naturally have quite a low voice. You do. And- but I am quite excitable at times. So I talk very fast. So when I get on stage, I I often repeat and say that I got this from Jasmine Starr that she said, I don't talk fast. You listen slow, but like, and she can get away with it because she is like, she's from uh, the OC and she's got a great accent and it's a very fast accent. Whereas I don't think I could quite carry the joke like she does, but I think, uh, yeah, it would be interesting. I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen. So that is a great one. Okay. Step two. Okay. So step two is creating curiosity. And to create curiosity, this, by the way, is the most missed step in the selling staircase. We forget that it's our job to draw people in. So they want to ask questions. And one example, one way to do this is how you answer a question. Creating curiosity, like there's so, like I can go into so much detail on each step and all all these techniques, but I'm just going to give you one little tip is One way to create curiosity is to plant seeds when you're talking about what you do. And as a matter of fact, if you go back and listen to what even you and I have talked Mm -hmm. about so far, we have both planted seeds throughout this conversation already. Like we have brought up your academy multiple times. That's a seed plant that creates some curiosity and it makes people go like, what is this academy? Like I've brought up my podcast. If somebody has like, if they're like, oh, I'm going to go check out Nikki's podcast, right? Like there's, it's planting seeds in a natural way of a conversation, but just to give you like one way to practice it is think about how you're going to answer the question when somebody, you show up on a conversation and somebody goes, Hey, how are you? Now you could say fine or good, but that doesn't plant any curiosity. That doesn't draw people in. That doesn't give them anything to ask you a question about. So instead, say something that allows for them to want to know more. And frankly, because we're talking about business, it should yeah. be business related. Yeah. So for instance, right now, if somebody said, Nikki, how are you? I might say, oh, I'm great. I just sent my workbook off to the printer for my new masterclass. Now that gives somebody an opportunity possibly to ask me a question. What's your masterclass about? What do you do? What's yeah. the workbook? Why do you get them printed? Right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it opens the door for me to now talk about like, oh, I'm teaching this class on, you know, yeah. sales scripts for influence. Right? Um, and if you're just giving these like fine answers, it, you're missing opportunities to create curiosity. So mm-hmm. think about how you're going to answer the question and practice. This is another one that requires some practice. Mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, come up with one answer for the week. Be authentic. Don't say something that's not true, right? Yeah, don't yeah. plant a seed that makes somebody go like, what? And then you go like, oh, I don't know what I mean by that, <laughs> right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. only say something you want to talk about. Yeah. And that's interesting because I guess we don't, I never think about that. And like you said, you're 
instant default is, oh, I'm good, great, thanks. We did it on this. You're like, hey, yeah. things like, great, thank you. Like, it didn't even say anything. Or the other one that people always say is, yeah, busy, busy. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. But like you said, it's telling me nothing. Like, telling so nothing. yeah, I really like that. What about, actually, I'm going to come, I'm going to go through the steps and then I want to come bring it back to like, if we're having an only digital conversation, okay, how might that look okay. So okay, I'm, I love I'm it. There. Okay, so number three, number three is the discovery. This is okay. also people sometimes call this the consultation call. Okay. This is when you've you've piqued somebody's curiosity. They want to know more, and you've scheduled a time to have a conversation, or maybe they've reached out to you through your website. But this is like conversation stuff now. And in the conversation. In the discovery step, your job is to identify what's the problem, what's the need mm-hmm. from the person, and then ask questions that lead the person to identifying whether or not they're an ideal client. Mm-hmm. So that means asking leading questions, frankly. Yeah. Do not ask questions. Here's one of the big mistakes people make in the discovery. Well, there's two. One is they try to sell during that portion of the conversation. Huge mm-hmm. mistake. Because you might not get the question out that you need the answer to in order to earn their business. So keep it clean. Ask your discovery questions. The other mistake that people make in the discovery is they ask questions they only need answers to once the person hires them. And that's a waste of that like precious moment with somebody. So I don't ask, for instance, in a discovery call, I would never ask somebody like, how do you track your leads? Is it a CRM or is it blah, blah, blah? I don't care. That's only if you hire me, do I need to know that? Mm -hmm. But what I will ask is, do you know how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business? Mm -hmm. Guess why? Because I teach that. I'm an expert at it. And I want people to start to self-identify of like, ooh, I need to learn Mm -hmm. how to plant curiosity or plant seeds and create curiosity. So maybe Nikki is the person I should be hiring. Mm. That is an interesting point though. Cause I remember back in the, back in the day, not back in the day, like literally a few years ago <laughs> when we dealt with more clients and had clients that we, you know, you would end up asking questions that weren't necessarily the questions you needed to know to make the sale. You're asking questions that will make the, uh, make you understand the process better after the sale. But at that point, like you said, that's not that important. It doesn't matter what system they use or what email thing they're sending through or, you know, anything that, that is just going to be an impact at the, after you've agreed a sale. So yeah, that is such a great point. Okay. Number four. Number four is when you lay out your proposal, this is the way that they can work with you. And in okay. step four, your job is to really stand in your place of expertise and make the recommendation that is the best fit to solve their need or solve their problem, meet their need. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I will say here is it's not your job to recommend what you think somebody can afford. It's your job to recommend the solution that's going to meet their needs. So this means being an integrity, like standing in integrity. If the solution that's going to meet their need is a $5,000 solution and you have a $20,000 solution, you're out of integrity if you're recommending that. You're also out of integrity if you're recommending a $97 offer that is not going to get their need met. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that is a massive mindset thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I, I do it still, I still do it. I did it very recently. Uh, There was someone that uh, when we opened the cart for the 90 day program, there was someone that I knew would be perfect for it. But in my head, I was like, Oh, it's a lot of money though. And I'm not sure that they, you know, they've got the money or would spend the money on that. And like you said, it's, it's as to no concern of mine as to whether that's the case or not. All I do, and, and I did, I went and offered it up and a couple of people who I thought they might not want to pay that, they paid it. So actually yeah. it completely proved me entirely wrong. <laughs> um, and then some people who think, oh yeah, without doubt you could afford that. The priority is not there, you know, and it's the same with all of us. Like I'll go spend 40 pounds on a bottle of gin with ease, you know, but then something else that's 40 pounds, I might be like, Oh, not sure about that. You know? So it's not always down to whether we can afford it as such. It's, and it's not our decision to decide that, you know, it might be down to whether they, they might not have loads of money to spend on it, but it's such a big priority to them that they're willing to spend that money. So, and I think that's huge. I think we really have to 
you know, if they only take one thing away from this this whole podcast, which they won't, there's loads, but if there's only one, to, to not make that assumption, because how many people are you not making that offer to? Because you're sat there thinking, oh, they can't afford it. Or, and again, I'm the queen of doing this, by the way, or going, oh, well, I should charge that, but I don't think... I didn't think I'd be very happy with that. I'll just knock a bit off then. And it's like, who knows? What if they come back and go, yeah, fine. Like, and then I'll think, oh, damn it. I should have charged more. (laughs) Or I should have charged what I should have charged in the very beginning. So yeah, yeah, I think that's such a great point. Yeah, I could dig into so much of what you just said there. And we all struggle with this stuff too, right? So again, these steps do take practice. It takes having some, some belief that you're willing to put yourself out there. You're, you're willing to be a little uncomfortable for the sake of the client. Now, if they come back and go, dang, I really would love to do the Academy, but I just cannot swing it right now for this reason or that reason. It's okay to have a step down. It's okay to give them a, a, a next step down offer, but don't assume. It's, it's actually like the two things that we do in sales, everybody, professional sales reps and everybody else Mm -hmm. is we do two things. We make assumptions, which is like projecting our limiting beliefs onto other people. And then we hallucinate, like we're a mind reader. Like I could read this person's mind. This (laughs) is what they're going to say. This is what they're going to think. But isn't it super annoying when somebody shows up in a conversation with you and they're like, I know everything you're thinking. I know everything you're going to say. You're like, then why do I need to be here? Yeah, no, you don't. Like, yeah. Yeah. The money thing, there's so much like going around my head in, in, in so many different ways. Like, so one of the things that's really interesting, especially with the pricing thing and the kind of feeling okay to go, this is my price is I had a, um, two different instances recently to do with the money thing. And one was someone didn't join my Academy because they assumed it was a lot of money. So that was interesting because somehow because of maybe the stuff I do and the people I have on the podcast and the 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 level or whatever it is, they had just made an assumption about, I'm not even going to look because it's too much money. And mm-hmm. then I have the other side of it where I was talking to a friend, we had lunch together, she's a business owner, she's in a membership. And I was like, oh, what's the membership? And she was telling me about it. And I said, oh, what does it include? And she ran through what is in the membership. And she told me who the membership was for, as in like, who was running it. And I didn't know Mm -hmm. them, but I had a look and I thought, oh, you know, they weren't like a Tony Robbins type level, you know, they weren't massive. So they probably weren't a million miles off where my level is. And they were charging $250 a month for less than uh, for less actual stuff. So when I look at like what I, I give every single month yeah, that I charge $49 for, like, and that, you know, those two scenarios just blew my mind in entirety because it's like, geez, man, in one way, it's like, I don't charge anywhere near enough. But in another way, someone thinks I charge, well, they don't, the thing is they hadn't even checked. And when they did, they were like, oh, okay, actually, that's not what I thought it was. So somehow I'm giving off this air. But then in another case, it's like, hang on a minute, I need to be charging more. It's so it's a real head thing, isn't it? The money thing. It is. It is. And we all struggle with it. And you know, I, I will say that I find that the higher my prices go, the better results my clients get because they take my work more serious, yeah. especially my private one-on-one clients. Mm. Um, and it's not that my prices are crazy outrageous. As a matter of fact, they're still not, I still don't charge what my first coach who was like, you need to be charging, you know, $10,000 to have a day that. with you and you need to charge 5,000 for this. And like, they're still not at that yeah. level. Um, but the higher they go, the better my clients' results get because they've got skin in the game, right? Yeah. So when, you know, whatever you're charging for your membership and, you know, can you raise your price? It's funny that you just said that because I have a membership platform and I charge $97 a month for it and I'm going to raise the price because my, my people are getting phenomenal results and I want to get rid of tire kickers. I want to get rid of people who are coming in there and just hanging out and not doing any of the work. So I actually am raising the price next month. Well, that's so funny because my, the car is going to close. I don't close the car, but I'm closing the car. This, and in fact, I'm not sure when this goes out. So it might have happened or might not have happened. Yeah. Um, But I'm closing the car and then when it opens next year, it's, it's going to be, 
considerably more because of the fact, like you said, that, and I totally agree. I, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've spent a lot of money on stuff like Mm -hmm. coaching. I've had some, you know, some coaches that cost a lot of money. I've been part of James Wedmore's next level program. That was a lot of money, but I did the work because there was skin in the game because how could you seriously go, Oh, I've just not even thought about that 15 grand I've just spent. Like I am definitely not in that position. So you're right. The more, the more they have to pay, the more they, the more value they see from it, which is weird because it's exactly the same thing, but they see it differently and they try harder and they do the work and they listen to the advice and they, you know, they do those things. So yeah, that's anybody listening to this thinking, and I know, I know there are academy students that I have told them, you need to up your price, like yeah. to another level. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to. So hopefully, like people listening to this will just have a bit more confidence to go, do you know what? I can, I can do that. Okay, where yeah, were we? We were on it. step five. Step five. So step five is close. So yep. when you've laid out your proposal, one of the, this is the second most misstep, is you have to issue close language with the proposal. Okay. And this is a yes or no question. So you said, you know, based on what you've talked about, my recommendation would be for us to do, you know, a strategy session. The price for that is, you know, I'm just going to say my price, $595. Is that something you'd like to schedule? That's closed language. It's a yes or no question. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you're just saying, well, the price is $595 and then you're just like waiting or one of the worst things that people do is they keep talking. They're like, it's $595. And, it, you know, and, and here's all the things and blah, blah. And, it, you know, it's a, that's called selling past the close. So once you've given the price, you issue close language and then you zip it. And okay. you wait for the client to respond to say yes, no, or have an objection or whatever they're going to say. Do you know what? I just smiled because I thought, oh, I hope you don't give the example I always use. So like often, again, when I did agency stuff and, and we would pitch to a client, I'd go, let me know what you think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to hate it. I knew you were going to hate it. I thought, I actually thought that's what you were going to say. Because I would give them the price. I would say, yeah. this is this, this is this, this is how much it is. Let me know what you think. Like, no, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to uh, So it? many people do this too. It, it's so common. So don't beat yourself up if you're like, oh, that's me too. It's okay. Right. You're in, you're in a really fine group of amazing business owners that do this and it doesn't serve your business. And more importantly, it doesn't serve them because most people will not make a decision to hire you until you pose the question because our brains are lazy. And we don't want to just always have to make decisions because we get bombarded with decisions all day long. But when, in order to, for them to get what they want, to have the solution, to meet the problem, whatever it is, you have to issue closed language on their behalf so they can say, yes, no, I have a question, I have an objection, whatever it is. So don't ever say, let me know, because they won't let you know, not because they don't want you, because they're busy. And as soon as they get off the call with you, or if they get off the email that, the, that you sent it in, they're not going to let you know, because they're on to a million other things vying for their attention. So would you even say, uh, let me know if you want to go ahead and book, or is that still not? No, I'm going to ask a yes or no question for sure. Is this something you'd like to go ahead and schedule now? Yeah. By the way, schedule now is an NLP embedded commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, so yeah. you don't emphasize the now. You just say, is this something you'd like to schedule now? I will emphasize it because I want you to know like now, <laughs> like yeah. now make a decision. Yeah. It's a really nice way. And again, it doesn't mean they're going to say yes, but mm-hmm. it does encourage their brain to, to give them an answer. And, and also you said something earlier, which I meant to pick up on. I forgot it's the fact that you you want to put off people who aren't your customers either. So in one way, I don't care if it's a no, not, I don't care. Of course I do, but it, yeah. it's not that I'm going to go and cry in my bed with a bottle of wine for six days with a no. I just right. need to know, you know, you just need to tell me if this is, if this is going to happen, then cool. If not, then that's cool too. But I don't want to waste. And how many times, especially if you're listening to this and you deal with clients or you do proposals that are out and you're having to have this conversation, like how many times do you, or how much time have you wasted following up and following up and following up and following up? And like, 
in the end, you do get to the point where you're like, just say yes or no. So I can yeah. literally take you off my list because I'm wasting my time. Whereas yeah. if we could have got that straight in the first instance, then, then great. Cause then we didn't need to waste all that time. Did we? So That's right. yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love those I- steps. Yeah. I always want to caution people from the energy suck that we spend of like, should I call them? Should I do this? Should I do that? So I will say just to, just to build on this, because this happens a lot. People say, I need to think about it. Don't say great. Let me know. (laughs) I want you to say this instead. I want you to say great about how much time do you think you'll need? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call now. That way I can answer any additional questions that come to mind and we can decide on next steps for working together. And then you get it on your calendar. They get it on their calendar. You have that meeting. You give them an opportunity to ask questions. Then you issue closed language again. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody says like, oh, I still need some more, more time to think about it. I will say, I don't believe in chasing clients. Mm-hmm. So I will stay in it as long as they stay in it with me. But if people are just not making a decision, sometimes I'll say at the beginning of the circle back call, I'll say, now this is our second or this is our third circle back call. The idea of, or the, the purpose of this call today is for us to make a decision. We're either working together or we're not. Have you made a decision? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm done. And it's not like that they're a bad person. It's not that I'm trying to be mean, but my job is to help you make a decision, hire me, not hire me. And then, and then I'm moving on. I'm moving yeah. on to other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like I said, in our heads and, and I know if I'm thinking it, then I'm sure other people are thinking it. The connotation of making them make a decision makes us feel like, oh, am I being really pushy or really sales it? And we're not. We're just getting a decision. You know, yeah. the same way as we'd say to the kids, like, do you want this or do you want this? And it's like, yeah. I don't care which it is, just tell me so I yeah. can get on cooking it. Like, that's as much as it is, really, you know. But yet we put all this stuff behind our our thoughts around oh, but, you know, with me being direct, am I forcing them into it? Am I, am I trying to, you know, force them down a route they don't want to go? No, because like you said, they're adults and we're selling to adults. And if adults right. don't want to buy, they won't buy. So right. I love it. Okay. I'm so conscious that one, we've chatted for a while and we chatted for a while beforehand. So to finish off, let's take this as a whole. And how are we doing this online? Like, how am mm-hmm. I going through these steps? How am I converting these people to, to make a decision or to have that conversation when we're working online? Okay. So online, again, showing up powerful first impression, make sure that you're paying attention to how are you showing up? I actually Mm -hmm. heard this, I think on, I think it was your podcast where you guys were talking about like showing up, um, and, and how, I think it was about authenticity, right? And, um, and he, uh, yeah, your guest was saying that, you know, as a professional, even when you don't feel like showing up, you got to show up. Right. So I, I believe that as well, yeah. that you've got to be the best version of yourself when you're showing up online. So be aware of what you're doing because it's making an impression Yeah. and then create curiosity. One of the great ways to create curiosity is by asking questions, because when you ask a question online, you can also take an opportunity to ask, answer the question. So like I just shared um, on social media, I shared what was for me some good news as a really new podcaster. Like my podcast just hit 10,000 downloads, which no probably way. for what somebody number like you. you like, what number are you on? Uh, 30. Wow. That is awesome. So good. So, <laughs> so good. So good. Thank you. So I, so I don't just say like, Hey, my podcast hit 10,000 downloads. I ask a question. I say, what's the best thing that happened to you today? Here's my answer. And then I share the news Yeah, because that starts to create some curiosity. And actually, if you look and see what the comments are, Mm -hmm. what happens is people start to go like, there's somebody who even commented and said, Oh, I'm going to go check out your podcast and see what all the fuss is about. (laughs) Great. That's a potential new listener without me saying like, go listen to my podcast. Yes. Yeah. Right. So ask questions, create, you know, um, create opportunities to have discussion. And then let's say you post about uh, the Academy opening, right? Because it's going to open back up at some point. And let's say somebody posts a question in there to you, like, well, are you going to cover this topic or that topic? right? You could answer the question, but you could also invite them 
to have a call with you. Mm. And it's okay to say like, here's the answer to your question. Is this something you'd be interested in chatting about more? Mm. Let me know and I'll send you a private message. And if they're like, yes, I'd like to get on the phone with you, Mm. then invite them to do that. And then now you're in the discovery process. And then now you move through the steps. If they say no, that's okay too. There's still the opportunity, like hopefully when you're going to post about the Academy opening, there's the link on how to register. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes, and actually I just had this happen the other day. Somebody was like, Nikki, can I just pick your brain for 15 minutes? Or I think she said, can I just pick your brain about this proposal that I've got to lay out to somebody? I love to say yes to people, but I also don't have time for brain picking sessions. Brain picking. No, exactly. So what I said was, yes, absolutely. I actually have a 15 minute spotlight coaching session available. Here's the link. If you'd like to schedule, you can pay and schedule on the same link. Hope to hear from you soon. Right? Like that's a way to invite in a nice way, say yes, and give them the opportunity to take the next step. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to explain. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time writing out like, here's why I don't do this and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't need any of that. It's just make it easy for them to take the next step. They're in or they're out and either way is okay. Mm. No, I love that. And I think, I think like you said, the, the kind of directness of just give them the option, you know, because again, I know there's going to be people like, oh gosh, what would they say though? And they thought they were going to get a call and and then like, you can imagine them reading it and they're looking at like cheeky so-and-so, but like, but that's the truth. And it's like, rather than have this awkward conversation and this awkward feeling and this, you know, or, or you end up just doing it and resenting it or feeling annoyed that you've just spent this time. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? They, they just say no, you know, and then, you know, and I know lots of people, especially when they're online and when they're, they're showing themselves, you know, I worry, you know, what if someone didn't like me or said something or, you know, and I know lots of people do, but it's like, I've had to teach myself that it's like, well, what's the worst that would happen then? I asked her for a free 15 minutes and she sent me a link to pay for it. She's horrible. You know, there's like no argument, is there? It's like, oh, wow, isn't she awful business person? Like, what literally could they say? So I think sometimes we just spend way too much time thinking about, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? Are they going to think it's too expensive? Are they this? Are they that? And if we just straight up went, this is what it is. I remember really quickly that um, Katie, my first assistant that worked with me, she, when she and I got together and she started working for me, she very clearly and directly came to me and was like, okay, so this is how the process is. This is how it works. You pay, uh, you pay each month in advance and there's an onboarding fee because for the first month, obviously there's a lot of work involved. We'll do more hours. I've got to get to know you. Da, 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 da. And I just went, okay, okay. Yeah, cool. Fine. Send it off to her. Did, you know, didn't even think about it. Right. So then Katie and I had been working together for about six months. This is when we had the agency and she said, um, you don't charge an onboarding fee. And I was like, oh no. And you don't get payment up front. I was like, oh no, no, like what, what would they think? And she's like, what did you think when I got you to do it? And I went, oh, I didn't even like, I hadn't even thought that that was the process I went through. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't think anything. I just thought, okay, cool. She's like, exactly. Like, what are you on? Like, and, and, and then suddenly I went, oh, I now charge an onboarding fee. So this is what the onboarding fee is. This is what the monthly fee will be after that. Thank you very much. And it's just like, no attachment to it. Just, just put it out there. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. With, when it's your process, when it's your price, my, my sales mentor of 20 some years, his name was Russ Short. And he was just such an amazing mentor to me for so many years in my career. But he taught me like, when you're talking about your price, you say it like you're saying the time of day, you have to be that congruent. And when you're talking about your process, you know, that there's an onboarding fee, this is the process, this is how you pay. You have to be so congruent with your voice. Mm. It has to be like, I'm just stating the fact. Yeah. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm not trying to like convince you of anything. It's like, this is just the process. Mm. And most people will be like, okay, great. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Because they don't know any different. They don't know know any different. They just, if that's, if they want to work with you, then that's, that's the process they follow, isn't it? So yeah. Nikki, this has been so, so good. And I'm going to go and find, uh, or you can tell me after this call, like where I can find a post about this masterclass. Because even though 
the chances are by the time this comes out, people would have missed that. I'm going to share it on my social media and I'm going to sign up because it sounds brilliant. But yeah, this has been so, so good. And I hope everyone's found it useful. And as always, I will share everything over on the show notes. I'll get everything from Nikki and we'll get everything shared over there. But thank you so much for coming on, Nikki. It's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. I really am grateful for this conversation with you. No worries. Oh, I really enjoyed that episode. And you know what? It's ever so funny when I get told off. <laughs> like, it's really funny when I'm like, yeah, I did that. Or yeah, I've done that. When they're saying, don't ever do that. So I just think it's, you know, shows you uh, my humanness and that we all have to learn. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I thought Nikki was great. If you want to find out about Nikki, then please go check out the show notes. TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash 140 as in 140. Okay. She's also got a freebie for you over there as well, just before I forget. So that's it for today's episode. Don't forget, go and look at the Academy. Go and look at that event. What have you got to lose? $49 really for one month where we could finish your end of the year in style and start you off an amazing 2021. So this is going to be awesome. So good. Go check it out and I will see you over there. Anyway, have a great week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 